Um, uh, where's my Cicerone game? Do you know I missed a trick earlier? By the way, talking about pirates. Yeah. What's what? a what? What's a, a pirate's favourite letter? R. Oh, you think it'd be R, but it'd really be the C. Oh, very oh, really good. Very good. Please note this podcast is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us, please look for our Patreon campaign that will be launching on Thursday, the 10th of May. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number three of the BrewDog News Podcast. This has been recorded on the 6th of May, 2018. We're your weekly source for all the latest news, views, thoughts, and reviews from the world of BrewDog and craft beer. This show is hosted by myself, Robert Cooper... And from a sunny outdoor location, me, Bruce Cameron. And um, <laughs> and our magnificent guest with the best sense of dress, it's Peter Brown. Well, pyjamas are comfy, that's all that matters. <laughs> Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about the new Crow's Nest initiative that's launching in all the bars. Just how good is Tower Hill? Well, Laura Brown calls in to tell us all about it. We have some exciting news about a new Brewdog bar. Truck Norris is potentially hitting a town near you, and as ever, there's much, much more. Standard disclaimer time, we are all shareholders in BrewDog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of BrewDog. So without further ado, let's play some updated theme music! You can either sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stand. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. What I love most about your company is the passionate, talented, massively hard-working bunch of people that we have. James Watt, Martin Dickey, this is diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, BrewDog News Podcast. It's Blackie BFL Melbourne again. What is in the opening titles? Gentlemen, how are we? Very good. Peter, Fantastic. what were you drinking just there? Buckfast. Oh my god. Bruce, you're in a uh, field, it kind of looks like. It's actually a forest. I'm actually in the middle. I don't know if you can hear the birds uh, around. It's, uh, I can. Um, blue skies, I'm sitting in the middle of Penrith at the centre parks. Uh, the kids are probably out in the field somewhere, playing with the cows. But, uh, Thank you very much for taking the time out to come and speak to us. I very much no appreciate it. Yep, um, let's just bash through. Um, right, first bit of news up. Mashtag. Um, Mashtag launched. It's the democratically decided beer. Um, Peter, what can you tell us about it? It's always been a good good bit of PR for them doing Mashtag. Previously, it- just before we go in, if nobody's ever heard of Mashtag before, maybe we should tell them a bit more what it's all about. Right, so it's a week-long vote. On a Monday, they'll give you a few options between like pale ales, bitters, sours, whatever. Tuesday, it was a malt bill and uh, alcohol volume, ABV, 5% pale ale using pale Amaris Otter malt. And then Wednesday, hops and IBU, we went for the, the classic USA hops, Chinook, Citra Mosaic. And always every year, they want to throw in a twist. Now, this year, I think they actually upped the game quite a bit. Because one of the twist options was to double dry hop it. Yep. Okay. Um, or there was also a chance to try and save it into another beer when they try to make it a New England style IPA but with rye mm. um, which I thought would have won but the, the hibiscus flower with yuzu yuzu is in beer all the time these days yeah like it's so good profile wise so the idea then is that this is a beer decided by 
people who follow them on social media. A beer for the public, by the public, yeah. Right. And it's a little bit controversial this year because it has... It's become a bit... It's it's come out as a bit boring. Yeah, I did actually notice that. I think somebody had said that it was um, a bit dull. It's why I think why they put the New England style IP option in to try and save it as well, and that still didn't get beat by Hibiscus for reuse. Yeah. So um, in in previous years, there's been like you know some really interesting different things have come out, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of the first ones, I think the very first one was a, a brown ale. Um. I mean, it, it was the same same gimmick, same idea that everyone votes and these were the choices, and then it gets. Unlike Beatnik, which is full full free form, put an idea and the winner kind of scenario. Yeah. And then that this is what to do with it being for the people. Yeah. Uh, there was an Imperial Red Ale, which I think was two thousand and fourteen, that was really nice. Uh, and mm. then last year they had that weird IPA with the oak chips and sour cherries, which I didn't get to try sadly. No, I neither did. I. It sounded nope. sounded nice. I'm a quite a cherry fan actually, but no. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what comes of it. Um, I mean, it it, it is. It's only really the twist that's made it interesting in the end because, I mean, this is one of the things I was thinking about, you know, if you want to get sort of into maths and stats and all that, I mean, it'll always favour the centre. If you ask people who drink brew dog beer what they want to drink, well, collectively, they're going to always sort of veer towards punk or, or um, dead pony, the beers that actually sell. <laughs> um, it, it's hard to, to, to get them to... You know, to get people to vote for a beer style that isn't, um, you know, core, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Oh, Bruce, you see the unicorns. Are you holding? Why are you? Why? Why are you holding up pictures of unicorns? Um, uncolored unicorns. I've been told to color them in. Oh. <laughs> um. Right. Eight bit is here. Um, yes. Peter. Uh, yeah, you were you were drinking eight bit, um, weren't you, Bruce, over the weekend? Yeah. Um, eight bit. Uh, Peter, tell us about it. Being as you're now the man, I keep going to to tell us about things. Um, <laughs> so basically, it was a eight way collab from the AGM. That means all the breweries. So we had what Cloudwater, Daya, Magic Rock, Northern Monk, Seventh Sun, and Stillwater Thistle, and then of course the brewery, and finally on top of that, Brewdog. And it's what all of these breweries do amazing, which is a New England IPA. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bruce, yeah, you got to taste it. Uh, I've not had it. I know Peter's not had it yet. What do you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I had it on the first night um, we got here and actually had that with um, a couple other. It was um, Cheeseburger Calvary, which was a fantastic double IPA. But the the 8-bit was was lovely. Um, I had it again last night. Um, I kind of stuck to that and a can of orange juice last night because that was enough. Because yesterday morning I was a, a little bit rough yesterday morning. But no, it's it's um, it's it's eight percent or something. It's, isn't it? it's dank. Yeah. It's fruity. Air. Um, I kind of get mango from it. It's it's very very nice. I, oh. It's very drinkable. Very drinkable. Crushable. And, and last night, oh, crushable. But last night I had it I had it uh, poured into a um, what was it? A Staro Pramen pint glass. <laughs> proper, proper, a proper tankard stolen from the pub at Centre Parks. Oh, so living the dream. When you posted up the picture of the Staropramen and I then accused you of drinking sellout beer on our group chat, uh, yeah, I was actually incorrect. No, 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 no. You, you weren't actually right because it was Staropramen whilst playing bowls, and um, I kind of walked back to the the lodge with the, the said tanker in hand, and then washed it and filled it with uh, eight bit. Yeah, good. That's, that's reasonable. 
Okay. Well, Bruce, um, that leads us on quite nicely to talking about a forum post that uh, James made. Feels yeah. like quite a while ago, but it was only last week. Um, yeah, talk us through what James posted. Yeah, basically they're working on a... <laughs> on another iteration. Launching a new lagger. They're currently under devs with it just now, and you might have seen already in the bars as a dry-hopped pills. It's 4.6-ish. Um, very dry, very, very, very bitter, and dry hopped as well. Now, it's basically, it's the first time I think that they've really done a hardcore, full-on, they call it a beer geeky, full-on lager. Hopefully launching something this summer um, as a new headline headliner under the name Lost Lager. Um, okay. So, and apparently a few of the, some of the bigger customers are keen to list it, which is quite interesting. So then... We're going to speak about Hot Fiction, which started at 5.2%. They then made Deaf Mermaid, which I didn't like. I tried it. it wasn't yeah, me. I didn't like it either. Yeah. No, that was then lower at 4.2. Um, claims which is also amazing. It wasn't, it wasn't my taste. Um, Intent to launch a new beer as Fake Empire, uh, which sits at about 4.7. Um, so that's going to be a Brewdog Bar's online shop and retailer exclusive later this summer. Um, basically, because the beer is going to be essentially Hot Fiction... And the name, the reckon name Fake Empire is amazing. It'll be coming back with its uh, old name too. That's, that's wrong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna make you watch some of this. Oh, Bucky, I've not had Bucky for, for ages. Right, since the new beer is uh, essentially Hot Fiction and the love of the name Hot Fiction, it's coming back with, with that name and expect to see that around about six weeks' time. Again, just in time for summer. So that's... Uh, a few of the new beers, and obviously you've got the fanzine, which we'll cover that later on Yeah. today. So, cool. new lager, what do you think? Didn't try it. I, I've not tried it, and I mean, I'm not a lager drinker anyway, yeah, but same. I just, it's weird, it's like, it seems like Brewdog are on an ongoing mission to go, hey, we've we've made a lager now, yeah. everyone, that's great, and then six months later, well, a year later, it's, we've made a lager, it's great. Um, and then we've made a lager. They so, are they are really trying to reinvent the wheel every time we make a lager. Yeah, ah, fair enough. Um, one one will stick. One one will oh, yeah. work. Um, one will be outstanding, and we'll all go oof. I haven't had a lager like this. It's great. What was the first lager they actually did do? Was that Tim Kingpin? <sighs> seventy-seven oh, lager. lager. Seventy-seven. Back in the day. Oh, seventy-seven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. I'm going to interrupt this podcast because we have some breaking news. Breaking news. Thank you, Bruce. Um, yeah, yeah Mil- <laughs> <laughs> That was so cheesy. So today uh, I'm going to show oh, you The ad's still playing. Um, yes, breaking news, gentlemen. Uh, I got a message uh, from Cam. I assume I'm okay to talk about it on the podcast because he said this, one, this is one for the podcast. Um, remember the Milton Keynes um, craft house closed? <sighs> When they purchased it, yes, yes, I know you're sighing already. Yeah, when they purchased it, um, well, it's closed because it's going to be reopening as a brew dog bar. Mm. So we're getting we're getting a brand new brew dog bar in Milton Keynes. There you go, win one. There you go. So all you badge collectors out there, there's a new one for you. So no other details other than that, but keep your eye out. I'm sure it'll be up on the forums very shortly. So so what's that? Twelve draft houses now then. Let's oh, not don't, even don't, start, don't even start. <laughs> counting. <laughs> right, next up on the rundown here, we've got to tell you about uh, the new Crow's Nest initiative. Um, 
Yeah, Peter, mm. again, I'm going to throw to you on this one. What's Crow's Nest all about? Tell our lovely listeners. So basically, it is replacing the Bloodhounds role. Um, which was... Which what? was Cam. Cam was... Bloodhounds are basically people that help as a focus group to direct the business. You know, it's they're, they're a working team to make sure everything's ticking over, everything's been done properly. And I suppose now with the, the way they want this Crow's Nest to work, they want everyone to be involved. Well, the Crow's Nest is going to be more that you sign up to A1 Bar and you will be invited to a separate part of the forum for that bar as well. Yeah. Uh, and there will also be like meetings and events and you help help basically help organise and run the bar, how you would buy money, how you would spend your money there. Yeah, I think it's, I read it sort of, you're looking at doing a six-monthly meetup if you can make it. You, you go into your online account, as I understand, and then you choose which bar you would like to uh, be involved with. Yep. And then I presume you'll probably just get an email invite and it'll be a first-come, first-served basis. Yeah, the uh, meetings are going to be first-come, first-serve. Yeah, I, I picked um, Castlegate. I thought I'd put Flagship, but I put Castlegate, um, just because obviously that's my nearest one, and uh, I thought it would just be interesting to go along on behalf of the podcast and see what it's all about. Um, do you have any thoughts on this? Any opinions? Do you get to dress as a pirate? <laughs> right, no. right. No more eye patch chucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just just one sort of slightly more negative thought I had about it, and I just want to throw this out there as a question to you guys. Do you think the managers of the Brew Dog bars would feel a little pressure? Getting their toes stepped on. Yeah, I mean, these people, the managers of the bars are there to run the bar and do a great job. I don't know, does it feel a little bit like, you know, you're almost saying to them, we can't trust you to do a good job, so we're inviting others along? <sighs> I can I can see the element of what you're saying, but I would say that it's because it's only once every six months. It's not like they're going to be on their back every week. I think I mean they want to engage with people and obviously make the bar as much money as possible. I mean, arguably, you know, one of Brewdog's strongest resources is the forum. Mm-hmm. In that, if they've got ideas or anything like that, they you know people correct them you know it's or or come up with some great ideas about the ways to do things you know maybe they just want to bring that sort of culture into the bars but um right moving on tower hill opened last saturday peter how gutted were you not to be there this is why i drink (laughs) i was very gutted actually you could see i almost lost an eye over the incident oh yeah, so you had an eye ulcer, oh, man. I did. That was brutal. How's it going? Are you? Are you? I can see if. Oh, well, I can't see it on this camera here too well. But can you see that Peter's, Peter's webcam? All we can see is an outline of, which looks like part octopus. Yeah, <laughs> you look like Doctor Rock. Fair enough. Uh, an eye ulcer is not much fun. Yeah. Either was booking my flights to the launch before they get. Properly confirmed, and then being delayed a week as well. Oh, man. Uh, and that I was meant to meet my pal, and I was meant to go and hit every London bar, but it's fine. Yeah, let's talk about Tower Hill then. So it's Breedog's biggest pub, uh, one of the biggest projects to date, and their first ever brew pub as well. And it opened, like we said, last Saturday uh, in Tower Hill in London. Peter wasn't able to travel, as we've said, and uh, missed the EFP preview event. Uh, so I put a call out on the forum for someone who wouldn't mind making a, a wee roving reporter-style um, report. And Laura Brown, no relation, I assume, Peter? Yeah, second nope. most common surname in Scotland. Fair enough. Um, 
she stepped up to the plate and she sent us this report, uh, which she sent right from outside the pub. Oh, I gotcha! Hey, so my name's Laura Brown. I am an EFP and I've been uh, invested in Brewdog since round two, which is fantastic. And invested um, every chance I've got since then. And um, originally I'm from the Northeast, so I have a very strange accent, which I don't apologize for, but it, it does take some explanation. I live in Putney, which is in Southwest London. And I am super excited to be here at the Tower Hill opening of the brand new Brewdog. I actually went to the EFP updates just before Christmas um, and sat through the presentation uh, from Jens and the guys. And they were basically saying, you know, one of the things that we, we didn't do enough of in 2017 was opening up bars. And in 2018, we're going to open more bars. And I thought, great. And then they flashed up a picture of a building, which I can see from my desk. And I thought, this is a terrible idea <laughs> because they're literally going to open the UK's biggest brew pub. Actually, the UK's biggest brew dog, which is also a brew pub, opposite from where I work. So, very, very excited. There's a there's a slight interpretation with that, but um, but very excited to be here. One of my favourite things about coming to the openings of brew dog is they're very authentic. So it's not necessarily a party. It's a chance to see the bar before everyone else gets to see it, um, and you know to hang out with other equity for punk investors which is always lovely so you're in very like-minded company which you always are in a brooded bar i feel however you know this time it's a little bit more exclusive but it's absolutely the real experience that you would get at any point um and so my last kind of efp opening was the seven dials bar and again very authentic nothing different um you know the only difference is that you you get to hang out with the EFP punks and then um, they generally give you a free beer, which is always amazing beer. Um, the beer that they have today is, is brewed on site at Tower Hill, which is amazing. And, um, you know, you do a little cheers and someone gets up and makes a speech and everyone celebrates. And I think that's very lovely. It's not, you know, there's nothing different about coming to an EFP night other than you're the first to see it. You see where your money went um, and you get that little bit of an exclusive experience. It's, it's a lot of fun to be here tonight. So one of the first things we did, um, the bar was incredibly well staffed when we got in. Um, we took a beer and we walked around and so they're absolutely fantastic. I mean the equipment in here, you can tell where the investment has gone. Um, so you have the wooden uh, barrels and then you obviously have the alleys and they're fantastic. You have the head brewer here, he spent a lot of time talking to people um, and just kind of explaining to them you know, what this whole thing is about, that this isn't a normal bar. So this isn't somewhere you're going to kind of come and get bored of drinking the same ale. I mean, you wouldn't hear because there are 25 different taps, but um, you know, for sure there are, there are a lot of things going on here. And it, it, it's, it, again, incredibly authentic to be able to meet someone who's brewing beer in the pub that you're drinking it in. Is, is a very different experience, right? Especially in the city of London, where there are some terrible, terrible pubs. This is not one of them. James is here. I think, I mean, it's incredibly busy, but I think he stood in the bar in a very cool baseball, uh, baseball cap, and he, uh, yeah, he did a, a quick cheers. Um, I haven't seen 
anybody walk around too much, but I think it's just, you know, the scale of this place is, is huge. One of the really exciting things is I've heard there'd be a beatnik every month, uh, you know, where the EFPs, the Equity for Punks can brew their own beer. Um, this feels like it's the right setup for it, so I'm sure that's going to happen. And um, I haven't heard anything officially, but then, you know, it, it's an incredibly busy bar. There's lots of beer going on. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that happens. It's been great chatting. Um, Redogs, please come down. This is absolutely a great flagship. It's you know one of the nicest London bars, and I, all of the London bars are good, but definitely head down. Um, I'm going to head inside because there is a lot of beer. There are 25 taps here, so I have a lot of beer to get through. Um, it's been lovely chatting to you guys, but I, I think it's time for me to say cheers, and uh, here's to Tower Hill. So there we go, that was Laura. I think she did a bloody cracking job. She's good. She's good. She is. Can we, can we she totally f- brew dog in disguise. <laughs> Be- like she's definitely, definitely a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks. That's my bleep machine coming out. Cheers, Peter. <laughs> um, yeah, Fraser, aka London Chiz, on the forum. He L- also emailed London Chiz, C H I Z. I think it's London Chiz. Uh, he he emailed in us a few comments as well. Uh, here's what he wrote. Uh, first notable feature about this bar is the size. The bar is huge versus any other Brewdog bar, except maybe for Seven Dials. Uh, can they keep it full? Question mark. Um, as expected, the choice of beer is great. The home brew was less as less satisfying, hazy Jane, but very drinkable. Uh, the food was tasty to ensure that we stayed puff, and the staff were really good, very attentive, and a real plus. He's very excited about this bar, but they're definitely risk. The pricing points are steep, even for the city. Six pounds for a price, a pint of punk. And uh, there are much cheaper just along the road as well. So, um, but yeah, the night was a great success. Uh, the best beer was Nor the Monk. Sorry, the best beer was Northern Monk Faith. Although you can't beat Hazy Jane. Um, uh, he went from Brewdog Tower Hill to the local draft house to get a seat. It was relatively busy. One change was uh, Punk was on tap already, uh, and a lot less bottles on offer. Uh, many of the taps were just saying coming soon. Uh, the barman was keen to interact uh, as he had to confirm my EFP discount and he seemed keen to hear about the new bar around the corner. So, nice. yeah, I, I've, I've only seen positive stuff. I think there's just a little bit of a concern. Uh, you know, that's two people who said, you know, the size of the place means that's a lot of people you've got to get in. But, hey, BrewDog aren't stupid. They've done the maths. Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to work out exactly where it was, but it's actually quite close to Tower of London, is it? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm super keen to visit. Yeah. Well, we need to we need to big smoke it. Three, yeah, exactly. Three shuffle, um, what is it? shuffle, shuffle boards, shuffle boards wow. in the place, just to give you an idea of the size of it. There was, there was well, a, I've seen pictures. It's, it's massive. It's huge. There was um there was a post I, I read um, earlier on about some guy who tried to attempt to do all the London Brewdogs in one day. If that I was still going down, yeah. If I was like that was my plan for the the three days I was down there. Yeah. Hit, hit, be my pal one day, hit all the bars the other two days. Or just sorry, sorry, just distracted as a peacock just walked past. <laughs> <sighs> right, I just want to take a quick moment to thank friend of the show, Kev Mitchell. Uh, it's fair to say without Kev, this podcast would never have happened. Uh, I feel it was only right, therefore, that our listeners uh, found out some of the about the, some of the fascinating work that Kev and his company, Border Digital. 
actually do. Uh, figured you've heard enough of my voice in this show already, so I'm going to hand over to Bruce for a moment. Yes, now, if anyone saw a short video of the three of us at DogTap prior to the AGM, it was done by a friend of the show, Kevin Mitchell. Kev comes from a tech background, he's not only a coder, a team leader, a marketeer, but his work has evolved alongside technology, with a real passion making things happen for both businesses and communities. He's been involved with some of the world's biggest companies and sectors, and also the small and the niche. Border Digital are able to reach and nurture clients, communities, prospects and influencers across digital channels. They are content creators, targeted marketing gurus and can handle your social media specifically for driving goals and business growth. So, if you have a project that you want to take to the next level or you have a team that needs support in approaching digital marketing, content creation or social media, then get in touch with Kev. Search for border.digital on the web or at border.dgtl or at Michinator, that's M-I-T-C-H-I-N-A-T-O-R, across all the social media networks. Go and say hello. Thanks, Bruce. And as I previously mentioned, we launch our Patreon campaign on Thursday, and that's on the 10th of May. Uh, and you'll, there you'll see a video that Kev helped me put together. To give, you some, to give you some idea of the kind of guy Kev is, I recorded literally hundreds of clips making the podcast uh, just using my phone no professional kit was used uh, and he's put together a brilliant video he's done this all in his own time he's done it at no cost to us so i think that deserves a mini round of applause um so yeah keep an eye out for that video as part of our patreon launch this week right on to the voicemails we're keen to hear from you here on the Brewdog news podcast so please feel free to call us on 01224 518 501 and leave us a message uh, first of two voicemails this week uh, This one's from friend of the show Matt Now I should just point out If you're not uh, living in the UK Then you might not have heard that one of our Five major banks Or major high street banks Had um, a wee bit of an issue A couple Four of weeks par. ago <laughs> um, A couple, couple of issues with the computer systems Which as of re- time of recording Still aren't resolved So yeah, hopefully this will make a bit more sense Boys, how you doing? It's Matthew again With another question for you now, what beer would you recommend to an individual who, let, let's say, hypothetically speaking, worked in a financial institution and hypothetically that financial institution had had a bit of an IT upgrade, which hypothetically maybe hadn't gone quite as well as they'd expected? It's all just the realm of fantasy, of course, and I would just ask you to have a bit of fun with it because it's all, it's all hypothetical. Thanks very much. I think, I think he needs to down a bottle of tactical Tactical nuclear penguin. (laughs) Just down it. Yeah, I I would say this. You've got to be going straight for your heavy hitters here. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a new paradox coming out. uh, 17%er, I believe. I think that's where I would start and just work my way up from there. And just try and forget that the uh, grossness of everything that's happening in the world around you right now. That's a solid choice. Yeah. Any suggestions from you, boys? I'm trying not to say Buckfast. I'd go for a double IPA. I'd go. I'd go for that. Oh, I'd go for Troubles by Cloudwater. Yeah. Our second voicemail this week was uh, sent in by someone called Watty from Old Meldrum. Hi, hi, Brewdog News Podcast. Watty here for Old Meldrum. Who you doing today? 
I was speaking to Sandy the other day about bathing in another, and we got into a discussion. A, a wee bit of a heated discussion about your side that it was at AGM. No, I wasn't sure if it was going on yet. If the, uh, Dougie! Dougie! Leave it all in! Run! Get it! See that ball? Fifth arm's out in his eye, trying to get in about Ethel. I'm not hearing it. Anyway, far was I. Aye. Have the brew dog loons balked it? Did they part in it? Or have they just invested in it like cider punks or something? Ken, if you could get my bit more information, we could set less argument with Sandy and that would be there. Cheers now. Bye bye. Ooh, so uh, yeah, what he having a bit of trouble with his uh, bull and. Uh, Sounds like I had his hands full, aye. A, a fifth arm? Anyway. Um, so, yes. What he wants to know about uh, Hawk Cider. At the AGM, yes. we had the surprise announcement from Brewdog about them investing in Hawk Cider. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question is, up until that point, what did you two both know about Hawk's Cider? Had you even heard of it before? No. Sweet FA, nothing. Not, not at all. Right, me neither. So I figured the best place to start was with the product itself. I ordered up a case of the ciders, and as is my preferred place for tasting things, I headed round to my local and caught up with a friend of mine, Ross Buchan. Um, I should say that neither me nor Ross in any way are qualified to talk about cider, other than to say what we do or don't like, so um, probably need to apologise in advance to Hawks, uh, as we uh, might just be completely butchering the descriptions on your product here. But yeah, here's my interview that I did with Ross. So I've come round to my local and I'm here with Ross. Ross, how are you today? I'm not bad, thanks. Good, good. Ross, the reason why I've asked you to do this is because I've noticed that you drink Bulmers, is that right? Magnus. Magnus, apologies. And how long have you been drinking Magnus for? Not today, just, just in general. <laughs> have you uh, have you always been a cider drinker? Mm, most of my life. I started off on tenants actually, and then moved on to Ooh. cider. So it was when <laughs> Magnus first came out. Cool. And you're not uh, a brew dog drinker? No. You've tried a couple, but not I have. for you. Uh, I did like the pump action port. Although, oh, the fruity one back. Yeah, yeah that was Although last year. you can only yeah. have a couple of them before you start feeling it. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> um, well, um, Brewdog have made a very big investment in this company called Hawks Cider, based down in London. So I ordered up um, a six-pack, what they call on their website, the gift pack. I think uh, the bottles look great. So um, how would you describe what we're looking at here? 500ml bottles, I think? Uh, yes, Bit of a funky design. Cool. Now, I literally know nothing about Hawks. All I know is what it says on the bottle here, so I'll, I'll read this out to you. Uh, we're a new breed of urban cider maker on a mission to change the face of cider forever. That sounds like mm. classic brew dog to me. <laughs> Our journey begins using unloved apples, and those are donated by Londoners. This is why we always promise to fight waste by using as much surplus fruit as we can. Made from a unique blend of London pressed and country apples, Urban Orchard is a medium dry cider that's smooth and harmonious in body, complex and rich in texture with a crisp wine-like finish. It's quite an interesting selling point though, with it being... Um, yeah, so it looks like they're using... Well, yeah. Recycled's the wrong word, isn't it? Unloved they've put. Yeah. But yeah, donated by Londoners. I don't know how that works on a commercial scale, but I'm guessing, I'm wondering then if it's like, you know, supermarkets excess and things that go past the best or something. Must be. Hmm. Something along those lines. Should we just get them open? Why not? Okay, go for it. Right, so we've got the Urban Orchard Apple Cider. 
and the Urban Orchard Berry Cider. So we'll give the apple cider a go first. I think that's really dry. It doesn't feel sweet like like no. something like um, Strongbow Dark Fruits feels sweet. What do you think? I would actually say you do get a dryness off it to start off with, but I do actually think it sweetens up a bit at the end. Mm. And it is a little bit, you do get a little bit of residue on your lips as well, that little bit of sweetness. Yeah. It's it's quite nice, actually. Yeah. Should we try the berry one? Yeah. That looks like Ribena. I know, it does. <laughs> how much, and we never looked at what percentage though, 4.5, 4.5 for the apple, 4 for the for the berry side of the cola. Yeah. I, that would be too sweet for me. Now I'm you, not a big fan of the, yeah. the berry ciders and things like that. Though. I couldn't manage more than one of these, I don't know. I think it's quite like um, Copperberg, actually. It's a, I would say it's a little bit more juice-like. Yeah. But it does have that same sweetness to it. I think it would be a bit sickly sweet after a while. Yeah. As you say, one or two, maybe. I would assume if it was the only cider on offer in a pub, you'd be okay with drinking this one. I'd be happy to drink the apple, yeah. Yeah. Now, the billion-dollar question, of course, is... If our local took this one in permanently, would you choose to buy a bottle of this over a bottle of Magnus? Honestly, probably not. I would every so often. You know, if it's a nice sunny day, yeah, I, I would have a a couple of bottles of that. But if I was thinking over a, a longer period of time, I think I would stick to Magnus. Okay, well, uh, it is. It's a nice side, definitely. Yeah, as I say, the berries too sweet for me but I could see people liking the berry definitely uh, brilliant Ross thank you very much thank you thank you very, very much Ross thanks again uh, Bruce since I do all the talking would you be so kind as to read out this wee excerpt from the Brewdog blog which discusses the investment yeah sure so since 2007 Brewdog has been committed to changing perceptions of beer by creating boundary pushing brews that challenge expectations we've come a long way since our inception and along that journey, we've also extended our desire to reinvigorate tired industries with the launch of Lone Wolf, our spirits arm, bottling distilled anarchy from our home in Aberdeenshire. When we recently turned our attention to cider, we attempted to create it ourselves, but found the expertise didn't already exist with our crew. So a few months ago, we met with Simon Wright, the founder of Hawks Cider in London. Here, we found a kindred spirit. Hawks's approach to cider parallels our heritage with beer and we see huge potential in the difference the business can make to a mass-market monopolised segment of the drinks scene. Cider has a massive opportunity to be so much more than a sweet, fizzy pint of something soulless, or a sickly pink drink with more calories than a Coke. Cider can be as much of a craft beverage as beer, and has a bright future as brewing. Thank you very much. Um... Yeah, they then went on to talk about how the range of ciders will stay, but Simon Wright is being kept on, um, so it's clear that the idea is to massively expand on what Hawks do just now. The details of the investment haven't been revealed, but the talk on the forum was it was significant enough to say that Brewdog are now the main shareholders in Hawks. Yeah, so not much else to say on that just now, other than to keep an eye out on the bottles and the draft cider in your local Brewdog, and it'll be on the online shop soon, uh, and let us know what you think of it. Um, big fingers crossed when one of us next actually makes it down to London we could pay Simon a visit and see if he's up for coming on the podcast and inspiring us all to drink more cider Um, finally friend of the show Cameron he sent over this brew dog Cameron he sent over a couple of things to quickly mention on this 
Brewdog bars are running down existing cider stock to be replaced very soon, and it will be online soon for sale too. God, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can buy Hawks uh, right now in Waitrose, some Marks and Spencers, as well as more widely in London, and you can expect it to see in many more places soon. So there we go, Hawks cider. Cool. Cool. I've had a It's quite nice. Yeah, I really liked it. You, you, you were a big um, cider drinker when you were up. Yeah, I used to be a strong boat drinker before I discovered Brewdog, but yeah, uh, cool. yeah it's I've really, really like it. I, I, it was the dryness I really liked, as you heard in the clip nice. there. But yeah, I'll uh, give it a yeah. try. It's nice and a summer with the barbecue. Uh, speaking of which, I've got a barbecue to fire up later on today. Oh, it's all right for some. Oh, a life. What are you doing today, Peter? I am going to see Infinity Wars and 4DX. It's going to be absolutely mm-hmm. mental. Is that the 4DX, the one where you get water sprayed in your face while you watch yep. the film? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a nightmare. I can imagine that would be quite decent. Eh? <laughs> uh, last week we spoke about Cicerone. It's yes. time to start, gentlemen. Um, so, uh, before we actually go in, spend time reading each section, uh, I thought a little quiz was in order. Just some true or false questions, a uh, bit of fun, and we'll just alternate between the two of you, starting with you, Bruce. Bruce, yes. true or false? You will learn about off flavours in beer. Two. Peter, mm-hmm. you will learn about the headline Brewdog beers. No. False. Oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That's one each. Bruce, you will learn about the proper storage of beer. True. Correct. Peter, you will learn the correct use of social media on hashtag Wisdom Wednesday. Right. Uh, false. And I don't think I don't think you'll get away with that. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm going to say about it. <laughs> you will learn. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Bruce, you will learn about the basics of food pairing with beer. True. No, that is false. false. Peter, you will learn about the different type of draft systems in use. That's easy. Hmm. I will say true. Correct, sir. Bruce, you will learn about Brewdog's Equity for Punks program. False. Also correct. Well done, sir. Peter, you will learn about German beer styles. Yes, true. Correct. And finally, Bruce, you will learn about different types of yeast. True. Correct. Well done. I believe that makes um, Peter the winner of this one. This I wasn't really keeping count. It wasn't really sake. the point, was I it? I think I answered I'll one more than Peter did. Oh. Okay. In that case, well done, Bruce. You're the winner of this quiz. <laughs> 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 yep, so we're starting this week We've got the first section to read through And we'll yep. report back on next week's show About how yep. it's going, gentlemen I will remind you both uh, next weekend Because you'll probably forget to do it But yeah, let's uh, It's not too hard, apparently um, And we'll all keep moving towards getting our certification we can, we can go over it in the pub Yeah, that's a great idea 
And if you, the listeners, want to become Cicerone Bar Servers Certified 2, we've got a link in the show notes to the blog that BrewDog put out uh, where you get a link to all the details, all the uh, material that you need to learn and, of course, the uh, discounted exam entry fee. Um, Right, moving on, let's just fire through a load of quick bits here. Dog Tales, um, the new publication done by our very own BrewDog Cameron. Uh, It's aimed at EFPs that don't frequent the forum. Um, So check your email if you're uh, listening to this and you don't go on the forum. Um, Have a look. Look for Dog Tales. Um, It's a really good summary of things that are easily missed. So I just wanted to make sure we gave a shout out there. uh, Cameron's done a great job with that. So. Peter, new carrier designs. We've been following this story about the ever-changing way of packaging up four cans of punk. Four punk. Save mm. the turtles! No, um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they've moved away now from not only the plastic... Or what was it called, that the first one? What was the first one called? Pack tech. Yeah, so they've moved away from the big plastic pack tech, then a wave grip, which was just ridiculous. Like, you would, you would drop, beer would fall out, it was just yeah, not packaged yeah. well at all. Fair enough, it did great things for the environment, but going to cardboard boxes is going to be easier for everyone involved, especially people recycling. Yeah. Instead of having to cut stuff up, you know, you can rip the cardboard chuck it in the bin. Yep, cool. Okay, um, so keep an eye out for them. I think they should be hitting the shelves next week. Um, they are. They are. Going to catch mm-hmm. your eye, they're bold. Excellent. Fantastic. Um, now, the other thing that we've heard about is Truck Norris going on tour. Um, Peter, you've had a look into this. What's the story here? Basically, uh, Cam did the post recently about equity punk engagement, how there was like a thousand ultras that are on every day, or you know how people are all engaged with the business. And one of their plans is to do a truck notice road trip. They're going to actually tie it in secretly, obviously, with some bar hunts. Um, and it's great to see Portsmouth getting the, the first shout-out or the first oh. location to visit after they've recently started campaigning for a pub. All right, okay. But it's basically cool. just going to be turn up, free beer, and hopefully you can buy some too. Free beer? Or will it be, yeah. Uh, it enough. will be free because it's licensing and tasters and da 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 Ah, right, okay. Cool. So have you got have you got a list of venues? It's- I do. It starts mm-hmm. on Saturday the 23rd of June and it's a week long ending on Beatnik Day. So Ooh. Saturday the 23rd it starts in Portsmouth, next day Cambridge, day after that Carlisle, Perth, Inverness... Friday's on the road back to HQ, and then Saturday with the Beatnik Day. Hey, we could record our Beatnik special inside Truck Norris. We could. In, in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> no, just on the road to HQ. We'll go for the whole week, and then we'll just go for the crap part. Yeah, just, just, yeah. Inverness to Aberdeen, yeah. So, Fanzine uh, Beers, the second edition went out. Uh, I yep. know we spoke before the show that none of us have got them or tried them yet, but Bruce, what can you tell us about them? Yes, well, of the three, you've got the first one you had was Jinx Paleo. It's a 4.7 percenter. Um, next up, you had Fool's Gold, which is a Dortmunder Lager at 5.6%. That's a, a Pilsner and Pale Malts in that one. And King of Eight, this is the last one, an East Coast IPA at 6.9%. Now, I've not got them yet. Um, I'll probably nip into a bar and pick up a packet later on next week. That's the last time you can do that now. They're no longer going to bars. Are they not? Yeah. Which makes sense because it was kind of overstock, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I did see see some, I can't remember who was moaning about, well, these these are all subpar, blah, blah, blah. But they forget it's pilot brews. They're not going to be knock out the park at day one. Yeah. Like everything goes through so many iterations. That new. 
that uh, Lost Lager that's went through a few iterations. Uh, Clockwork Tangerine went through went through a few prototypes of that as well. Elvis just back in the day, like when it does happen, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you are a fan of collecting your Brewdog stamps in the um, Intergalactic Beer Visa, uh, you'll be glad to hear that the first This Is Forty winner was hit. Um, a lovely guy called Rob, and I managed to get him on the phone. Um, I think the reception was a bit rubbish when he was on the phone. Uh, I think he says on this he's on a boat. But uh, yeah, here's, here's my chat with Rob. So on the phone right now, it's Robert Wells, the first man to get 40 Brewdog pubs checked in to his beer visa or online, whichever way you want to look at it. First of all, congratulations. Thanks, Thanks very much. Um, did you know that you were on to win that? Did you have a feeling or did you set out on a mission I, to do it? I, I was lucky. I started, um, I'd already planned to visit the Italian pubs before the passport was announced. And I got the passport in time, so I managed to do the Italian ones. And then um, I'm really looking for a job. I do travel around quite a lot. Um, I live, live in the London area. I realised I was sort of picking them up quite quickly. And then uh, there was the announcement at AGM. And uh, I thought, well, I'm all, almost there. And uh, I did a quick count up, and I thought, mm, I'm going to end up with 39. Uh, once Tower heard all this, with no plans to finish it. And I thought, It'd be a shame to be that close to it and actually do something. So uh, I got myself organised and uh, started up a, a weekend in uh, Sweden. And and what a great result as well, because you got to, you know the the trip to Columbus now. I think that's what the win. Well, isn't it? hopefully, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd already booked that, needless to say. So, <laughs> so we'll have to, I'm sure we'll come to some arrangement over that. But yeah, really looking forward to it. I was lucky enough to be able to go last year. Yeah. Um, You'll be able to add a few more stamps there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So after visiting so many Brewdog bars, you must have a favourite now. Well, they're all pretty good. They're all pretty good, and, and obviously people ask me that. My, my favourite's probably my local uh, Brighton, I like a lot. But the, the thing that really impressed me was uh, how many good views there are when you walk out of uh, the Brewdog bars, various Brewdog bars. The one in Rome is absolutely incredible. It's called a Oh, he's still there, Rob. It's rural. It's a bit rural here in Buckinghamshire. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying Sweden's the next one, then, is it? I, am, I, did, I did Sweden. At, at the moment, I've got nothing at all planned. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe Berlin. That's that's been that's been on the horizon for a while. Uh, a few good bars, and it's it's a little while since the last one. Uh, um, last one at Berlin, so be good right. to get back there. Excellent. Well, that's it. I just really wanted to to get you on and say congratulations. Um, you're, I think you're officially the biggest Brewdog fanboy for a short while. Yeah? <laughs> for a, a short while, I bet I <laughs> one or two things. But I was I was uh, quite surprised uh, uh, when I when it was announced I was the winner. So very pleased, very pleased, quite humbled as well. <laughs> uh, Rob, thank you. I'll let you let go on with your day. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. Brilliant. No. Thanks for that. Nice talking to you. Yeah, so there we go. That was Rob. He won uh, He won that prize. I mean, a trip to Columbus, courtesy of Brewdog. Fantastic. So, podcast Rob, not not, not 41 or Rob, podcast Rob, you said you thought you might be in a boat. Yeah, and then I've just I've just realised it's in Buckingham. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been, it could have been um, metaphorically speaking. I'm currently looking at a map. There seems a to be a boat. pond. There's, there seems to be a pond. 
in the middle of a square somewhere. It could it, look. It, it could be on a boat, like a, a bullseye win boat. You know, I don't know. Uh, Peter, guest beers. You've put a note in our uh, little rundown here. Guest beers revamp. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. So, as many people have noticed for a while, the online shop for Brewdog has been pretty poor as of late, and people are now calling them out on it. And instead of spitting the dummy out, um, they actually did say we might axe guest beers and just sell their own beer. What they did forget was that when they first opened, they were pretty much the gateway to good craft beer for a lot of people. Yeah, that's right. Like Mickler, Stone, all the good stuff. You'd be able to pick up like an Alesmith, Wee Heavy, and then uh, I Hardcore You. That's how long ago it was, like the good times. Um, so they did say, are we going to cut the shop or not? And was it James, I think, came in? And just posted saying, yeah, we're not shutting the shop. We'll revamp it. We'll make it work. We'll, you know, give you choice. I mean, that was it for me. The shop was, you're right, the gateway, because not only did I buy Brewdog beers, I ended up buying mm. others. I bought Stone, I, I did buy McKellar, um, and there was a lot of beers that I thought, I'll give it a, give it a bash, but to get rid of that and, and only stock beers that I could actually nip around to Morrison's, you know, apart from the... Oh, that age old debate. Yeah, no, I know, I know. No, but, you know, so... Aye. Okay, I can't get my AB20s or my uh, the, the big hitters from there, uh, you know. You can get them in a bar. Yeah, yeah. But get them in an independent bottle shop if they'll ever stock them. I should just mention then, after we've just talked about how um, weak the offering is in the online store at the moment, that we're running a competition to win a year's free delivery from the online store if you're in the UK or mainland Europe. Um, check out our social media. It's very straightforward. All you need to do is click like uh, on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. And on or the Friday, we will uh, pull a winner and uh, let you know they're getting one voucher a month for free delivery from the store. So uh, especially if you're in Europe, that, that could be a very significantly good price. Oh, I hope win, I win. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I win. You're down the road. <laughs> uh, last thing to talk about today, Dragons Den. Did you two see this? I've seen. I saw the article. Yeah. Order, but yeah, it was years ago, wasn't it? It was back in two thousand and nine. After Brewdog had running had been running successfully for two years, uh, they applied yeah. to go on Dragons Den and pitch to the Dragons. They got through to the initial appli- They got through the initial application process and were selected for a screen trial in Manchester. Martin and James put on their best clothes, practiced the presentation and drove to the BBC studios where they pitched their hearts out during the screen trial and they thought they did a good job. However, the producers did not. They thought that the business wasn't a good enough investment proposition for the Dragons and that Brewdog was not unique enough. It wasn't special enough or with enough growth potential to make the grade and to appear on the show. So at the last minute it was decided that they would not get to pitch to the, the business to the Dragons. It was a kick in the teeth for us, and that stinging rejection still burns today. Our pitch, sorry, Brewdog's pitch would have seen us offer the Dragons 20% of Brewdog for a £100,000 investment. Since the producers turned us down, we've gone on to build a pretty neat business which is currently valued at £1.8 and has raised over £250 million. Had we been able to pitch, and had any of the Dragons invested, that £100,000 would now be worth a whopping three hundred and sixty million. Two guys it, and a dog. It would have been by far the most lucrative investment, not only in the history of Dragon's Den, but pretty much in investment history overall. So that's amazing. There you go. It's yeah. something else, is it? it but then, really is. then it shows you that to get through, it's not the Dragons that decide. It's there's a team. 
It's an entertainment show. It's oh, not. Yeah, it's like X Factor. Yeah, absolute. Um, right. Absolute okay. beep. Absolute beep. I like. I like how that actually caught that on about ten seconds later after you'd finished laughing, Bruce. <laughs> okay, this wraps up this podcast. We'll be back in two weeks' time where we're going to be talking about bottle share clubs. We've got some exciting news from head office, and we're looking forward to the USAGM. Uh, on Thursday this week, that's the 10th, we will be launching our Patreon, which is a very cool way you can help us keep this podcast on the air. Uh, so please hit like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter so you can see what we're up to there. Uh, now let's give everyone a chance to say where they can be found. Peter, yourself. In the gutter. No, uh, <laughs> I'm just on Facebook under Peter Brown, or if you type fakebox in, you can get me there as well. I should probably make an account, maybe, for something like that. Probably. Or I should, I should probably just be on Twitter. Yeah. I don't yeah, use I think- Twitter. Instagram, it's two X's. Yeah, cool. People will find you if they need you. Bruce, yourself? Mm-hmm. Yes, at Brulafu everywhere. You can see me on you know, Facebook, whatever. But I'm uh, looking at uh, heading off to do some swimming just now. So it's uh, what a life. Can you hear the it's birds? Not, it's beautiful. I'm looking at the screen. I wish the listeners could see where your side is looking lovely. Uh, and you can find me, Sunscream, on Twitter, and the same, I'm Sunscream on the forums, and you can also find out about my day job by visiting robertcooper.xyz. That's it for this week. Send us a voicemail to our brand new, a local, it's not brand new anymore, is it? Our local rate number, 01224-518-501. You can email us, studio at brewdognewspodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash brewdognewspodcast, and our Twitter is at brewdognews. Show notes and past episodes are always available on our website at brewdognewspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. There's links on the website for how to do that. Stick around for the pub quiz that's coming up next. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm just, I'm just a chill. Next it's season's just, back. Like oh, fantastic. Bye. Gentlemen, pub quiz time. What's the score at the moment, Bruce? 2 2. 2 2. It's all level. Let's see if we can change that. Here's your first question. In the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, what did Magic Jack... Beans? Bruce, in the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, what did Jack exchange for the beans from cow. which the beanstalk grew? Cow, 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 cow. Unfortunately, Bruce gets the answer to that one because Peter jumped in too early. <laughs> Question two. What is the correct term for people commonly known as Eskimos? Inuits. In, inuits? Inuits. Inuit. Yep. I think Bruce got that one again. <sighs> uh, in the Star Wars films, which two actors have played Obi-Wan Kenobi? Ewan McGregor and old guy. Alec Guinness. Bruce, you got it again. I I love the typing there as Peter instinctively starts going on to Google. (laughs) Uh, That's Bruce one, but hey, let's do the next couple of fun. Uh, Question four. Sorry, which vegetable is the national emblem of Wales? Leek. Correct. Oh, it's going horribly wrong for Peter.
And finally, what is the only sign of the zodiac that contains none of the letters of the word school? Taurus. No, um, school. School. Gemini. Taurus. Gemini. School. Does Taurus. There's no school in Taurus. Oh, no, S. Uh, beep. Uh, Gemini. Gemini. Gemini was correct. It's a clean sweep. Five nil. Wait, wiped the floor with Peter this week. Oh, he... oh. But I think I think the I think the thing there is to remember, Peter, is that I'm not drinking Buckfast. Fair enough. <clears throat> yes.